Hi, and welcome to the Parenting in the Middle podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Goodman. I'm a certified life coach and a mom to four teenagers. Do you ever wonder if you're doing this whole mom thing right? Are you pushing too hard or not enough? What does it look like to love your teens, yet keep firm boundaries? Would you love to get your kids to listen without yelling and feeling frustrated first? Here in this podcast, you will find coaching and communication strategies to help you tackle all of your hardest parenting struggles. These strategies will help you parent with more confidence, peace, and influence. I'm so glad you're here. Let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. So last week I was in Florida. I got to go with my two girls who are in cheer. One's JV and one's on varsity. And they competed at nationals, which was super exciting. However, I've decided that having two girls on cheer is actually really difficult as they both competed. My varsity daughter, who is a senior, they performed once and did not move on. My JV daughter, they ended up getting sixth place in nationals, which is incredible. It was so exciting watching their team move on because they did not expect to win. It was their first time there. However, my senior daughter, who is on varsity, this is her second time up at nationals. They are so good and they absolutely deserve to move on. They deserve to be in the semifinals and we were really hoping for the outcome that my JV daughter got. We were really hoping for that, for these girls. There's 14 seniors on their team and they're, they're just an incredible team. And it was heartbreaking just seeing them so disappointed and knowing that this is their senior year, their cheer season is over, and this is how it ended. It was so disappointing, so heartbreaking. And then I had to watch my other daughter do so well and be excited. So I kind of had both sides of those feelings last week where I was super proud of and excited for my one daughter. And then, of course, proud, but just heartbroken and disappointed for my other daughter. And I'm telling you, if there was something I could have bought to take that feeling away from her, if I could have said, hey, do you want to go to Lululemon and buy something? Ugh, if that would have worked, I would have wanted to do it. And I just noticed these thoughts coming up for me, how I wanted to take this feeling away from her. I wanted to take this experience away. I wanted to change it. I did not want her to experience this disappointment. There was really no lesson that could be learned from this feeling of disappointment. I mean, you can try to spin it as you can learn and grow from it. And I don't know. It was just so disappointing, though, that in the moment, there really wasn't anything we could do except for feel and process the disappointment. And as you know, I'm sure that is zero fun. (laughs) So wherever you're at, feeling that disappointment when that comes up and you just have to feel it. There's really nothing you can do other than feel it. There's nothing you can buy. You know, no amount of money can fix something that happens that So transitioning to the topic of the podcast episode today, which is how to manage our own anger so we can help our teenagers manage theirs. But first, I want to talk about a class, a workshop that I'm going to be teaching on Tuesday, March 7th at 1030 a.m. Mountain Time. So mark your calendars for that. I'm going to leave a link in my show notes, parentinginthemiddle.com 
slash workshop. If you go there, you'll be able to sign up for, for this class. And it's going to be about managing our own emotions. So even when we're frustrated or angry, to control how we respond instead of just reacting from that anger. Because when we do this, we will be in a much better position to influence our teenagers to do what we want them to do. And we will also be setting this example for how they can manage their emotions so they can start responding instead of reacting as well. Anger is an emotion that we all experience. It's completely normal. It's a natural emotion. And there are times when it's actually good to be angry. If there has been an injustice, if something has happened that, you know, there's some abuse or something, it is okay and actually good to be angry. That anger can fuel us to take action to help someone or help a cause. But anger can also be used in a manipulative, powerful way by us as parents or teenagers who have learned that anger produces what we want. It produces results. And think about that. So when you've been angry before, if I think about before I learned anything about coaching and I was very responsive to my emotions. So if I got angry, I didn't want to react out of anger, but sometimes I would. And sometimes you just needed that release of whatever it was by yelling, slamming doors to feel better. I felt like I needed that, or I felt a relief after I reacted that way. And so think about those times where you have reacted out of anger. Maybe you did yell at your kids because they were not listening to you and you needed them to hurry and get ready or get in the car. Most of the time, they probably were like, okay, mom is serious, and they did what you wanted them to do. So in those moments, being angry worked. And so as you as you figure out that you know all of this is subconscious, where you're like, okay, if I get angry, it works. Your kids are also learning, okay, when mom gets angry, it works. So when I get angry, I expect to get the result that I want. Another example could be if your child or teenager gets really upset because it's not fair that they don't have something that they want and they start yelling at you that their sibling got this and how unfair it is, that can produce some feelings of guilt in you as the mom and you just might give in and let your teenager have what they want. So that's another example of when them getting angry, they feel this injustice, they get angry, they re- react out of that anger. You feel guilt. Maybe there, maybe a part of them is right. You feel this guilt. Or it might not be guilt. It might just be exhaustion where you're just like, oh, I don't want to handle, I don't want to deal with this, right? It's not that big of a deal. Fine. You can have what you want or, you know, extend the curfew or just kind of let things go. They are getting what they want. So anger, they are learning that this anger they are reacting to is getting them what they want. This is all good to know because when we can understand where anger comes from and that we can control, we can't always control how we feel, but we can control how we respond to our feelings. Now, this takes practice. Just logically knowing that we can respond to our anger instead of reacting to it does not mean that that's what we're going to do the next time we feel angry. But as we begin to notice, and that's where with coaching, it's so helpful because when you can talk your thoughts through with someone, and when you can have someone who's not attached emotionally to the situation and kind of call out, okay, this is why you're feeling angry, or this is why 
you did what you did and it's okay and just have some compassion for yourself, when you can start to get coached through those emotions, you will start to notice and have an increased awareness over what's going on. And as you do this, you will begin to respond instead of react. And you will notice that these intense emotions you feel won't feel so hard to control. I want to share a quote by Dr. Kevin Lehman, who wrote a book called Have a New Teenager by Friday. Nice catchy title, right? He says, here's something to remember. Anger is produced, manufactured, and distributed by the person who is angry. So we often say, they made us so mad. You might hear your kids say this a lot. But in reality, you choose to be angry or not over something someone else says or done. So it's possible for you to not be so angry about your teenager's behavior. And this is why teaching your kids at a young age or wherever you're at right now, it's never too late, how to handle anger in an appropriate way. So the goal is not to never feel angry. We're going to feel angry still. We're humans. The goal is to not let the anger we feel cause us to act manipulative or react in ways that are out of control. I love the analogy that Susan Stiffelman, she hosts a podcast called Parenting Without Power Struggles. And she talks about being the captain of the ship. I've talked about this before, where if you're in dictator mode, you're very controlling and need everyone to do exactly as you say. If you're in lawyer mode, you are trying to convince your child why they should listen to you, and that can that's where the power struggles are. So you'll be saying something, defending your case. Your kids are doing the exact same thing, and you're both defending your case, trying to find stronger and stronger evidence. And then she talks about being the captain of the ship, where you are strong and steady. So if you picture a ship and it's being tossed and turned from the waves and the storms of the sea, the captain knows what to do. The captain is calm. It's helping you stay calm on the ship as a passenger. And you're looking to the captain because you're like, uh, this is scary. I'm feeling nervous. What do I do? And the captain can reassure you that all is well. He'll give you instructions what to do, or she'll give you instructions what to do. And the captain will stay calm. Dr. Lehman uses this analogy of a sailboat. And he says, when your teenager gets angry, Keep your sails out of his or her wind. So imagine that your teenager is getting angry. They're creating this storm, this windstorm, and you can get caught in that windstorm and your sails are caught in the wind and it's just going along with that teenager and getting riled right along with them. Or you can keep your sails out of their windstorm. You're staying above it. You're staying beside it. You're supporting your teenager, you're understanding, maybe validating, showing empathy, maybe setting a boundary, but you're staying out of that windstorm. They can have the windstorm, they can be in the storm. You don't have to get in with them. And over time, you will notice that you don't have to get in there with them, but you can also stand beside them and not get caught up in it. And this takes practice, it takes time doing it over and over again, getting stronger yourself to where you can withstand those wins and you're stronger. I just love the analogy. 
of a way to think about it that helps you know, okay, it's okay to be calm right now. It's okay. I'm getting stronger. I don't have to know what to do, but I don't have to go along with this emotion. I can take time for myself. I can take a moment and breathe, practice self-care. One of my favorite quotes is that nothing is urgent. I mean, there are some things that are urgent, but not a lot of things. So things that are urgent is like you need to have an intervention. Your child is doing some really dangerous things, drugs, or they're in activity that is causing harm. That may be a time for an intervention where it's urgent. You need to find them some help immediately. But most of the time, things that we deal with are not urgent. And you can take the time you need to calm down, to figure out how you want to respond. And if you have a partner or spouse that you can talk things through with, to help get your, you know, vent to a friend, vent to your spouse, where you can get those emotions out, talk through them without involving your teenager. So once you can kind of process through it, calm down, talk things through with someone who's not emotionally attached. It's like, what do I do? Maybe someone who's been through it before that can help calm you down too. Then you can respond. And over time, you will get better and better at this to where you won't need so much time to calm down. And this is something that I call creating a pause. So as you start noticing your thoughts and your feelings, you'll have this awareness and it'll create a pause. So instead of having this thought, so let's just say your teenager is having a meltdown at the mall because you're not buying them what they something they want and they're yelling at you and you're having thoughts like this is embarrassing, people are watching me, People are thinking that I'm a horrible parent. I don't have any control. All of these thoughts that spiral in our minds that just make us feel a lot of shame or guilt. And then we react to that in a way that we might give in to our teenager or we might yell at them or over punish them. So when you can create a pause, you still might have these thoughts like, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing or I have lost control. Things are out of control. You might have those thoughts, but instead of just that thought creating the feeling, creating that reaction, you're going to have the thought and you're going to pause and you're going to take a breath. This breath is going to help you go, all right, is it true that I have lost control? Maybe. What do I have control over? And your mind will start giving you new thoughts that will help you instead of going to this shame re response you will have more compassion. You will remember, okay, reacting out of anger, it doesn't help me. So what do I need to do instead? How can I stay calm in this moment? What do I have control over in this moment? Byron Katie has this amazing quote that says, defense is the first act of war. Think about that. I know I had to think about it the first time I heard it. Defense is the first act of war. So you have someone attacking you. And if you don't react and get so quick to respond and defend, there doesn't have to be a war or a power struggle. Dr. Lehman says, if you do battle with your teenager, you will lose every time. All of us get angry. Like I said, it's a natural part of growing up. So if your teenagers are getting angry, they are learning to manage their emotions. Us as the adult, we've got to go first. 
So what we say and do in anger as the parent, we need to heal for ourselves. Because the things that we say and do, the, the words that come out of our mouth, we cannot take those words back. We can, of course, apologize and repair the things that we say and do. There's always time for repair. There's always ways to repair and heal relationships. But we can't take those things back. And so if we can learn to manage them now and avoid those things that can cause hurt or pain for us or for our children in the future, then it's important to do. Give your teenagers an opportunity to talk through their feelings. And keep in mind that your teen's feelings aren't right or wrong. They're just having feelings and th their feelings are their experience. It's tempting to want to tell our teenagers, you shouldn't feel that way. Why are you thinking like that? That's not true. Instead of just listening and taking their feelings at face value. So if our kids are saying, I hate you, or you're the worst mom in the world, hear your teenager out before you open your mouth and start giving them a lecture or telling them that they are rude and they shouldn't say those things. Really listen to not only what they are saying, but how they are feeling. So if you think about an iceberg, the iceberg principle means the iceberg that you see is only a small part of what's underneath. And so the behavior that you see in your child or the words that they say is only a small piece of this bigger iceberg. And that bigger iceberg, maybe they're stressed about something else or there's something else going on that has nothing to do with you. But because you're the parent and they feel safe to express themselves with you, it's coming out in a way that can feel hurtful, right? Like as a mom, if my kids say things that are intended to hurt me or they aren't understanding where I'm coming from and they're saying things that I would think are rude, it does hurt. But I also understand that really what they are saying and thinking and feeling has nothing to do with me, has everything to do with them. And so that helps me to kind of stay with them, to listen to them, not take it personally. When you take it personally, you're going to react in a personal way. Don't take it personally. It's not personal. It's just what they are going through. And when you can understand that, you'll start seeing, okay, this is why they're thinking that way, which is explaining why it makes sense that their behavior is the way it is. Now, what do we want to do? How do we want to show up? When you allow your teenager and your kids to talk about how they feel in a safe way. So if they are able to say to you that they think you're the worst parent in the world, and if you don't react to that and take it personally, you can talk through that with them and you can allow them to express those feelings. They won't hold them inside. That will eventually lead to like this outburst, right? When you hold feelings in and you're not able to express them, it just builds and builds until it just explodes. And so when you can create an environment that your teen feels safe to talk about the things that are bothering them, they're, they're safe to express their thoughts and their feelings in a way that they know isn't going to trigger you. It's going to help alleviate a lot of that anger that they feel because they're able to talk through it. This will be one of those things that I'm going to talk about further in depth in my workshop that I'm going to be doing. So 
Again, the link is in the show notes. Go ahead and click on that so that you can register. And I will talk through how step-by-step to process the feelings that you have of anger, to help your teenager process their feelings of anger so that over time, the levels of contention and anger that you feel will be reduced in your home. That's ultimately what we want, right? We want less contention, less fighting, less power struggles, more connection in our home between us and our teenager. When we have more connection, we have more influence. When we have more influence, our teenagers can get on the path to making better decisions, which is which is exactly what we want. So wherever you are at in your parenting, wherever your teenager's at, it's never too late to start. So I hope to see you at my workshop on Tuesday, March 7th. If you want personalized one-on-one coaching, you can click the link in my show notes as well, or go to kristengoodmancoaching.com and we can work together one-on-one over the phone. I love the parents that I coach. It is so much fun seeing the awareness start to open up and to see their lives change at home because they have chosen to focus on themselves. Instead of how can I change my teenager, the question turns to what do I need to do to change myself? How do I need to think? And then you will start to see some changes just kind of happen automatically. It's it's really a neat experience. So I hope you all have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening to this podcast today, and I will talk to you next week. Bye.